I just scraped it off the top Cut it up the road, up the curve, up the block I was already sold, out of work by 10 o'clock all right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a Dose. And we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios, 87737-GRIND. Um, so with this rumor surfacing, you know, circulating out there because it's just a rumor, I usually don't really believe anything when it comes to anything draft-related to trades until we really get – to like in the middle of the combine or past the combines over because right now you know we're about to crown a champion of the 2023 season um you know here in a couple in another week and a half or so so that's why i'm taking this as a grain of salt but let's just say hypothetically these are executives chattering and they're talking about hey something tells us sean's got something up their sleeve they're gonna take a big leap to go um I'm going to tell you, as January the 30th, we sit, um, I'm still torn on this, man, in regards to what's the right direction. Because it's exciting to hear that if that's true, because, again, I remember coming in here after week 17, after the season, after the loss to the Raiders, and saying, hey, it's to that point to where I'm in that, I'm, I'm in that circle of, of the orange nation and, the, and and being, you know, the professional view of eyes. I try to look anything and take the fandom out of it, which I pat on my back. And besides what people might think, I, I do a good job. I think of that. But if I just go with that section, I said, hey, look, I'm down with that. That has seen the Paxton Lynch, the Brock Oswalers, the, the Drew Locks. It's like, all right, man, like you want to talk about the no man's land. Because uh, that's where Denver Broncos have really been since 2015 uh, is no man's land is the fact that, hey, do what you got to do to get up there and go get the guy. Even if it's about giving up a certain starting player, giving up a Justin Simmons, giving up a Patrick Satane, go ahead and do that. But the reality is, is more times that have passed, the times that have passed since that last game in week 18 against the Las Vegas Raiders, the reality sets in, and especially when you're watching playoff football, it's like, can they even afford to do that? It's like, it's like pick your poison, because the reality of it is, they've only got six picks this draft. They've got six picks, Okay. You got to hit on 90% of those picks based off of the situation that the team is in with the Russell Wilson uh, deal contract. And again, coming off that lack of capital, go look at the last year that they've had since they've had a first round pick. Okay. It's been a few years, a couple years. This is their first one. So it depends on these rumors of where you're talking about moving up. In my opinion, um, I think unless you really get creative, and I do believe a guy like Sean looks this as a challenge because, again, him and Mickey Loomis and New Orleans, they manipulated the, 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 the salary cap books as well, too. Just nobody really paid attention to it, but they were. They were never in great cap situation. But the reality of it is, is that, in my opinion, I think the, the, the there's just too much that you're probably going to have to give up, not so much of a player standpoint, but in future draft capital to move from 12 to, let's say, in the top three. We just talked about it with the 49ers. They gave up three first rounds. They were sitting at 12 and moved to three. That's going to be the start, and even if they go, I just don't believe 
they're in the position to be able to do that. No matter who that guy is, whether it's Drake May, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, a Caleb, it's just forget it. it you, you just can't. So then you go to the next other options. And I feel that maybe are you talking about a 12 to let's say six, seven? Because the guy that I believe that would be targeted, if you're talking about if this if these rumors are true, it ain't Caleb Williams because that's just too much. And I understand when John, I mean, excuse me, when Sean was at Fox as an analyst, he said he's on record. I've heard it that you know Caleb was a generational quarterback and he could be the guy that NFL changes their draft lottery system. I don't think that he's going to sit there and pay the freight of three first future first rounders and a couple players just to move all the trade up from 12 to one or two to even get them. That's not the question. I'm looking at a guy that is probably going to be the JD Daniels, the JD Daniels approach, or maybe even a, um, a Drake may would still be too little rich for the bud. And the other thing that's going against the Broncos. And I've said this before, the teams that are picking ahead of them, they need quarterbacks too. So who, who are you doing a deal with? Like, who are you going to do a deal with? Uh, so that brings it to either staying pat at 12 and hoping if it manipulates that a Penix Jr. or a Bo Nix basically fall, falls to you. They've got they've got their tight ends coach that's on this this senior bowl shrine game. He, he, he's a tight ends. He's going to get firsthand a look at these guys, not just tight ends, but these quarterbacks are how they act in practice. That's a key thing. If you can get your coaching staff around this to really see these guys, how they practice, how do they deal with films, all that kind of stuff more than you can get at the combine or private workouts. So to me, it just comes down to, I don't know if I'm as gun ho as I was after week 18 and say, Hey man, I don't care who it is. Move up there to three, because I'm thinking like, you're just now getting a first round pick this year. Are you going to sit there and knowing that this, you got six picks this year, which is limited arsenal to do. So there would have to be players involved to do this. Do you really want to sit there and basically go in 2025 draft with in April again, with an out of first round pick. Okay. Uh, well, like so, the 25 and 26. Right. There you go. And that's the tricky thing. And then it comes back to me like, look, if you're going to trade players and you're going to trade a starting, a top five safety in the NFL and the Justin Simmons, who still got a lot of football left. If you're going to sit there and trade a top three corner, such as Patrick Sertain, why not just maybe do that to Chicago with Chicago and get Justin Fields? Because we know what Justin Fields look like. I know what Justin Fields is about. And if you pair him with a guy like Sean Payton, who knows? And he's got a lot of football and he's young. Now, the question with that brings back to Shelby's point last hour. Somebody's going to have to pay Justin Fields a buck 80 to two with a new deal coming. So it's a lot of integral moving parts and it's going to get interesting. Um, so, I just wanted to bring that up, and, and I'll let you know how my emotions play out through this because I could be one day, one week I could feel this way, the other week I could feel that way. But this Senior Bowl is very, very, I think, intriguing with these rumors, and really you got two guys that possibly could be there around 12 when they pick. Because at the same time, I'm also hearing that they could trade down from 12 and acquire more picks. 
or you take the best edge rusher at 12. Because I'm still not sold it's going to be a quarterback at 12 they take. I think it should be, but with Sean, the way it, who knows where he's looking for a quarterback, okay? But it's definitely a interesting, challenging situation that they find themselves in on how to navigate this because the reality of it is, man, Justin Hibbert's about to get Harbaugh, okay? Patrick Mahomes, all he has to do is keep the big Kool-Aid red man eager and hungry to stay on. And even if Andy drives into the sunset, Patrick is still going to be good to get you competing still for that division to be in the playoffs. So the quarterback situation, man, is so, so important. And some of the other news, did you want to add before I add a couple other news and we can move on? Well, yeah, yeah, a very interesting note. So I was reading over at Mile High Sports that Pro Football Focus has um, Bo Nix going yes. to the, the Broncos at 12. And when you think about the Sean and wanting to work with an experienced quarterback, all right, he wasn't responsible for drafting Drew Brees. He was able to tra- take Drew Brees and kind of uh, work with Drew Brees after he was outcast from the Chargers. Uh-huh. There's the same opportunity there with Justin Fields, but even in landing Bo Nix, you still at Justin Fields is 24 years old. Right. Bo Nix is 23, and he turns 24 in February. Uh-huh. So you still have a very mature um, a, a quarterback, you've seen him work in multiple systems. Yeah, that goes well for uh, Bodex. He's been in different systems. Able to, and yeah. being able to pick that up. Now, Justin Fields has also worked with di- you know different systems, but we still have questions about his passing ability. Well, I hear you. Um, so the, the, the age factor is very – because you wouldn't normally think, hey, he's a rookie quarterback, he's coming out of college. But because we had the 2020 COVID year, and so most of these guys coming out, Penix Jr. included, played five, six years in college. And that opportunity, this might be that one where you where you take that shot at Bo Nix, and that fits into you have a mature, older quarterback who's kind of taking his lumps again, a la Drew Brees, um, to be able to work with a Sean Payton and this kind of. And I'm not I'm not setting the expectation for Drew Brees. No. I'm just saying no, that, I know that what Sean Payton has worked in a similar situation with a similar quarterback, and here you have somebody. I mean, he's a little bit bigger, six foot two, but the same strengths that fit into his kind of system. Well, no, I can see Bo Nix. I'm not so on Bo Nix um, if this is what they decide to do at 12 I, just like I've always done with all other quarterbacks that put on that blue and orange I, unless I totally disagree with the only one that I just knew from day one I didn't need to see a snap and that was Tebow that, that was just brutal for me okay um, but I would open Bo Nix with open arm I'm still not sold on him 100% but his qualities that you bring up his height his size if you go look at it in his time at college I'm glad you brought that up you've done your research and homework so you tip my hat to you he has played under multiple uh, different coordinators also that's a Sean factor that would fit that you could see fit Bo has a knack for the end zone in the goal area he, he's run a lot he's had a lot of touchdowns with his feet um the difference is, though, and I know there's an age factor that's similar when you look at Justin Field and Bo Nix. Extra year eligibility, COVID year, I don't care. Bo's going to be a rookie. Bo's going to be a rookie. When they drafted him, when, if they draft him or whoever gets Bo, they're going to be a rookie. Now, you know what really would get me excited uh, so we can move on from here? Now, if you find a way to do a little dance at 12 and take your guy 
And then all of a sudden you find a way maybe to trade back in in the back end of the first round or maybe you fall back and trade and you can get Bo Nix in the second. That's great value. Then you can roll with that. You take him at 12. It's got to work. And he's got to be that guy. And Sean, this would be his guy hand picked. And the one thing I'm going to say about the Drew Brees factor, that's it. I see you working, but it's different. Drew was in the NFL. Drew got his arm hurt like and said Justin. he Justin was in the, in the NFL. NFL. Bo Nix can be 26, okay? You know, stayed at college six years, got an extra eligibility. He will be a rookie next year. He's going to still have to go through it. And honestly, you know, if they would do it 12, I would sit there and say, honestly, if they take Bo Nix at 12, I would tell you right now, Stiddy would be the starting quarterback in week one. Unless Bo Nix just came out and blew him out of the water in OTAs and camp. And Bo Nix would be on the clock to be a developed until he's getting ready to take or if that's the case. If you go Bo Nix at 12. Okay. I feel more comfortable with taking Bo Nix if you get him in the second round. And there's a chance if he's still there at 12 that he could fall into that second round just because of needs of everybody in the back that you might get him in the second round. What do you got? Well, the good thing about taking him at 12 is, A, he doesn't cost the same as a, as a, as a top 10 pick uh, in terms of rookie contract value. But still grabbing him in the first round, you get that fifth-year option of control. So if you were to take him in the second round and you settle on a four-year deal, after four years, you're going to have to pay him. You don't get to be able to pick up an option on him. If you get him in the first round, though, you have that extra year, in a sense, to kind of evaluate him and make and, and decide if you want to take uh, move forward with him or not. Yeah, I mean, I hear you. I, I I just think these rumors that circle out, if you're gonna move up, I think really re- reality, you're moving up for Daniels, the kid out of LSU. I think it's too much rich for the blood to try to move up and get Drake May. Because what I'm hearing is probably Drake May out of all of them would really be like, it would be heaven sent. If you paired him up with Sean Payton, okay, now we got something going. We just got to fill out the red. Now, now the clock's ticking. Now the clock's ticking on them Arrowhead boys. But the reality of it is, they need some. They need other stuff too, and they've got six picks. But anyway, moving on. Uh, the, he did. Speaking of Sean, there was two hires that were made. Um, well, there's one that was kind of done yesterday that I didn't get a chance to bring it up, but he brought in ex saints, assistant scouting director, Cody Rager, and he's given him the title of vice president of player personnel. That's his title. So it's an upgrade and an upgrade from where he was at the saints. Okay. So he's getting a promotion again is, is George is getting coffee is George just sitting there because it's just like, Hey, you know, Greg Penner really don't want to pay your ass to stay at home or play golf for a year. So just sit back over here. So that came across my radar. And then today he is expected to hire Saints longtime offensive coordinator Pete Carmichael, which he's listen to this title. This is the reason why the NFL is crazy to me. You can just make up titles of guys you want to get jobs to um, senior offensive assistant. Because remind, you still got Lombardi over there. And, and the, the crazy thing is all these guys, I think they're all going to play good in the sandbox because they've all worked together before. So he's slowly but surely bringing that 504 to Colorado. Okay. Only thing he's left to bring out of the 504 is Master P, uh, you know, a mystical of somebody. Well, mystical serving time. She can get his ass out of there. But anyway, watch yourself. Oh, man. 
That guy out of San Diego, oh, well, San Diego, the guy that played for San Diego that's in L.A., Harbaugh, I've said it, man. You don't change directly everything you play in the offseason, but it gets a sense of urgency going, especially if these guys out of Arrowhead add number four in franchise history to the trophy case. I don't. I mean, it's going to be hard for me to do that show Monday, I tell you. And I love Andy Reid, and I got a lot of respect for Patrick Trump. This is crazy. Had a 3-1 lead on these guys in jewelry. And next Sunday, all of a sudden, it can flip to 4-3. Somebody's got to do something about that. Okay? If I got to start hanging out at Dove Valley for the next few years trying to do some remotes to go up to Colorado, do the show up there just to hang out and get a pass up there so I can still be like, look, man, you know, the life expectancy of a black man ain't what it used to be. I don't know how much time I got left. I'm not used to this. Okay, I grew up in the 80s. I'm not used to this stuff, man. Okay, got to figure it out. Speaking of the Chargers, mm, mm, mm. they found their GM. You definitely connect the dots on that one. When we get back, we'll talk about some other NFL things, too. And we've got the viewership numbers for that Baltimore and Kansas City game. Wow. Amazing. Let's talk about it. when We get back. Listen to the sports grind. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix, made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to choosetiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the sports grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing the show. It's been the one and twos. Today's show was presented by Dosecchi's, and we have been broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. And this last segment of the day is going to be sponsored by Zing Zang. Two words, the key to any perfect cocktail, and that is Zing Zang. Make sure you try out all their pre-made alcoholic drinks. They come in different flavors as well, too. They've got a new Michelada mix that's coming out that I'll be talking to you about here over the next week here pretty soon. Um, but whatever you do, don't forget. Uh, to Zing Zang responsibly. That is Zing Zang, official sponsor of the sports crime. All right, so um, 
a couple other things is we've gotten some development stories and some coaches that are in and out. But, um, yeah, we'll pay attention to see kind of how this develops with the additions uh, from the 504 for your Denver Broncos and the uh, what this develops after the Senior Bowl is played. Uh, but the Chargers, uh, we know they brought on Harbaugh. Now they are set to hire Baltimore Ravens Director of Player Personnel Joe Hortz. Uh, that they're hiring as a general manager, um, shocking. How did Jim end up basically getting this connection? Well, it's his brother. Nobody's got it better than us. You know, I used to love hearing that. You know, no, I said, you know, I said used to. Like when Michigan, Stanford, he's been saying that a while. I know the story with his dad. You know, growing up, telling him and John, you know, hey, change, change, landed in the West. But anyway, yeah, I wonder where that came from. Okay, so you got to know that this guy must have a means. And, and the key thing is that we know this is somebody that Jim going to be able to work with because that was the biggest thing. And I've told you a hundred times about this, his time with the San Francisco just butted head with uh, Trent Baalke, the GM at that time, and just screwed up a good thing they had going early just because you couldn't go to work and work with that dude every day. And it happens. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons – uh, hired Zach Robinson as their OC. He's a former Rams assistant head coach. So we know Radio Raheem Morris, what we call him on this show. He's bringing somebody else in. Anything that's circling around McVay, <laughs> offensive-wise, that's going to get you to open some doors with some job opportunities. So to me, that sounds like a smart hire. We'll see how it plays out. Um, also, they hired um, Jimmy Lake as their defensive coordinator. Okay, so Jimmy's coming over there as well, too. So we see Raheem, you know, filtering out his staff. I'm still eager to see. I know we got the GM, and that came first. I'm very eager to see what Harbaugh's coaching staff is going to be because I do believe there's a defensive coordinator from Michigan is following them the Chargers, but it hasn't been reported yet, but we'll see. Uh, but this one came across kind of interesting to me. Uh, the Browns hired Ken Dorsey as their offensive coordinator. Now, if I'm not mistaken, I understand, and I think Ken Dorsey took some snaps, I think, for the Browns back in the day. He took some snaps, and then for, there was a, about five, four or five years there where they kept him on the roster, even though he just held a clipboard and helped serve as a QB coach and uh, while, while a reserve quarterback. And then he went to Carolina, worked with Cam Newton there, mm -hmm. Derek Anderson there, uh, and then found his way up to Buffalo. This is still a head scratch of a hire for me because what is the one thing Dorsey was fired for or let go or they had to change was his reluctance uh, really to emphasize and execute the run game. Okay. Um, now, every situation is different, but I know that, you know, basically Stefanski still the guy that's calling the plays. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's interesting to me because, again, you know, Cleveland and not knowing really what this Deshaun situation, what he's going to look like coming back. You know, he had the surgery. But the main thing, you know, is Chubb going to even be anything resemblance of himself coming off of that type of injury and rehab and surgery? But the main thing is that, you know, uh, which most Browns fans preach, you preach it, is run the ball. They're a running team. They're so, supposed to be. Supposed to be. But that's why I'm saying it's a head scratcher. And I'm not trying to poo-poo on Dorsey. But the reality of it is, is that there was reasons why you were let go uh, in the middle of the season by Buffalo. 
And 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 how many times? Just real quick, I don't know if you know this off the top of no. Um, how many OCs jobs has Dorsey has? That wasn't was that his first one with Buffalo, or has he been another coordinator, offensive coordinator? I can't remember. I um, believe Buffalo was his first. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. And and he, he and he even started off there, if I'm not mistaken, as a quarterbacks coach too, and then kind of got promoted. Yeah, he's not. He's got some ties to Cleveland. I knew yeah, he that. was promoted to OC during the 2022 season uh, in Buffalo. Um, but really, this one, because Stefanski is still calling the plays, the reason why I believe Alex Van Pelt, and I, I think I mentioned this when we talked about the firing of the whole offensive, you know, they made the three offensive changes, mm. is because it's about installs. During the week, Kevin Stefanski is head coach. All right, so he's he's making sure the defense is getting on board, the special teams is getting on board, and he's put, putting together the play calls. Alex Van Pelt was responsible for installing the offense throughout the week. And when you come down to game day, on the week, and, and, and like I, I think, I, again, I said this at the time, throughout the year, he just wasn't, I don't believe that he was able, and I think the organization believes that he wasn't able to get Deshaun Watson ready for Sunday. And then the Joe Flacco thing is different because Stefanski and Joe Flacco are roughly the same age. They come from the same region of the United States. They come from very similar backgrounds. And so they just related with each other. And they both come from the Kubiak tree. Again, remember I mentioned that when they made the offensive changes. So bringing in Dorsey, let's bring it back to him. Dorsey is about the quarterback development piece. Cleveland, as a franchise, kept him on for years to help with the quarterbacks. Then he went to Carolina. This is where it really picks up. Because his time being around Cam Newton, I think is what got him the opportunity to be a quarterback's coach with Josh Allen. Two very similar styles, you know, good throwers, big arms, uh, but also the ability to play outside the pocket and get them ready. All right, so I and, and he needed to call plays in Buffalo, and that's where he faltered. So bringing him to Cleveland, his job is to get Deshaun Watson ready for Sundays. This is this goes back to as you talked about the Browns going all in on getting the most that they can to evaluate Deshaun Watson accurately. Okay, there's two things I want to touch on that you say to that. So basically, you believe, because when the sounds of that, there's when you talk about Joe Flacco and Stefanski being from the same part of the region, same age. So are you telling me there's a disconnect between Stefanski and Deshaun Watson in regards to – because when you say no, he can't I, get him prepared, he couldn't get him prepared for Sundays. That, but, that, that Van Pelt couldn't get right. Watson ready for Sundays because Stefanski throughout the week has to be head coach, which makes him a quality head coach in my opinion. Okay, he, his job. No, is to I get, get that, but that's a, that's a responsibility. But of a you head said, coach. but you said the chemistry was so good between Stefanski and Flacco because they're the same they were, age, they're coming from the same background. That they were able to circumvent AVP Alex it, Van Pelt. So Van Pelt didn't need to get Flacco ready. The stuff that the stuff that Stefanski was putting in the playbook, a Kubiak offense, is something that Joe Flacco was already okay, familiar so with. If, so that's why Joe Flacco was able to come off the couch. After throwing at, throwing at a tryout practice in, in California, sign him immediately, he pops in and just starts making chemistry with with Amari Cooper and, and David Njoku. Okay, so if this is the case, then let's hire him and call him the quarterback's coach then. Why do we got to give him the OC title? And then, again, again, I'm not labeling this the good old boys system network, but it kind of smells like it because everything you broke it down and you you know the Browns and you follow that organization inside or out. I appreciate So that. I'm going to take your word for it. But I'm just telling you, if you feel this is what it's about, 
then tell them, then basically you just laid out a quarterback's coach for me, not an OC. You, if this is about basically because, hey, Stefanski's got to coach the team. He's got to worry about this. He just couldn't get Deshaun ready to play. Then this is about a quarterback. So it's mostly this is really because he's not calling the plays if it's still going to be Stefanski. Now, unless they announce that and we're a long ways away before worrying about that. We're still not even in technically in the new year yet. But technically, I'm just telling you from everything you described, that sounds like a quarterback's coach. But but the responsibility of, of even an install offensive coordinator goes a little bit deeper because you have to know what the tight end has to do. You have to know what the running back. So you have to be able to relay to Deshaun Watson what what is what the whole picture of it is. Because the quarterback just has to worry about your the quarterback's coach is just worried about your mechanics. He's just making sure, hey, you know, uh, you're throwing a bit off your back foot. Your shoulders looking a little bit wonky. It helps him maybe through some reads about his specific job. But it's the install of the playbook throughout the week. Because then when Stefanski goes and starts calling plays, does Deshaun Watson know what it is that Kevin Stefanski is looking for? And that's where that's Dorsey's responsibility is to relay that. Right. And I just feel like it's, you know, you you might have to go through some type of rehab before you just automatically, I mean, because, again, y- you got let go and you're dealing with Josh Allen. Put that in perspective. I'm not telling you it's not going to be successful. Not telling you it's not going to work. But it is a head scratcher of a hire uh, based off of what his – how it played out for him in Buffalo. Okay. Um, but we'll see. I did. That's the reason I brought it up to get your thoughts. Cause I thought it was kind of an edge scratcher. Now moving on from that. Um, you did tell me that we've got some developments in regards to a particular coach that was, that I've been saying that is the D'Amico Ryan's of this year. Speaking of the Detroit lions, what's the update with their offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson? Yeah, Ben Johnson has reportedly told both the Seahawks and the Commanders that he is staying in Detroit as the offensive coordinator and removing himself from consideration for head coach. Now, you brought up the question yesterday in regards to, hey, do you think his performance at the NFC Championship game causes any pause to back up? From his head coach, I said no, because because he he was as of this report coming out today, yesterday he was the front runner to get the commander's job. Do you think this is a nice way of these two stops being nice to him to not ruin his chance? He's a young guy, not to ruin his chance for next year when they just sit there and say, "Uh, let's have a pause," which I don't think so. I think it is more of to put it this way. When you're fortunate to have your name in rotation like Ben Johnson, like a D'Amico Ryans, okay, um, you can kind of, you don't have to, and I always preach, there's only 32 of these jobs, but you don't have to be jumping at the first one that comes along. Okay, nobody's promised tomorrow. Nobody's promised anything in this life. Whether you're talking about a coordinator waiting to all wait till next year, we don't even know. Okay, but the reality of it is, is that if you look at, the Seattle Seahawks, which I think for the most part, they've been a good ran organization. That one's kind of sitting there saying, okay, you wouldn't want that job in that case. Now the commanders, you got a new ownership. You got a nice, you know, shiny, you know, face, big smile, Mr. Urban Magic Johnson. 
you know, Snyder, the wife, everybody's gone out of the Capitol. The nation's kept, they gone, get out of here. I could still see Ben Johnson like, ah, oh, there's a lot of still uncertainty there. I don't know about this new owner, this and this. I'm going to hold off. So I could look at it gone that way. And the one thing I'll slide in there, if you feel like, you know what, because this is true. This can be very true. Okay. There's unfinished. I'm so attached to this team. And we really basically had our heart ripped out, even though we overachieved in a lot of people's eyes and we are the Detroit Lions. But we had our heart ripped out and we were this close from going to the big game to play a team that we already beat in their house. We won that could have got a rematch with them on a neutral field, neutral site that I can't lead this team yet. We've got some unfinished business to do, whether that's the Dan Campbell effect whether it's basically the player effect, the golf effect, because golf come out and said, hey, I want to be here long term. But I know that decision is not up to me. You can tell when you get when you when you get taught something, you can tell that experience with the Rams. Golf is like that scorn chick or that scorn man. OK, that just been burnt and he just don't trust anything, no matter how good it looks. So when you look at Ben Johnson, that could be probably the factor or the last one I did come across that, you know, the man himself. Mr. Eight Mile Eminem did say, "Hey, I got. I'll tell Ben Johnson. He was on DJ Who Kids show. For y'all that don't know, don't worry. You don't know who that is. And you just don't know. He did tell him, say, hey, man, I hear Ben Johnson, and this is true, by the way. I hear Ben Johnson's a hot commodity. Hey, Ben, if you leave us, there's a diss track coming. He told him straight up, because M got to live with egg on his face. Because M, when it was 24 to 7, M shooting the bird, just like just giving the bird, like yeah, man, I'm, I'm he he had 16 bars already in his mind, but like I can't wait, man, because I'm gonna go to the studio. We gonna lay to Detroit, and he had to listen to this. So something got Ben Johnson cold at the altar because these jobs don't come along very often. But I think when you're a hot commodity like him, his name's going to be hot again next year. Even if the Detroit Lions don't make it back to the NFC Championship game, they don't win the NFC North, they lose again to the Packers, whatever the case may be, Ben Johnson will eventually, I think, get a head coaching job. But this is surprising to me considered this was the D'Amico. I'm not even stretching this. This was the D'Amico Ryans of this year. And for him to go back the coordinator with two jobs open okay okay what do you got i do think it comes back to his performance and here's why all right adam schefter stating that some teams balked at johnson's asking price to be head coach like the money then the money that he wanted okay so he had also interviewed again from the espn report for the falcons job the panthers job and the chargers job before those jobs got filled now, those teams all could have said, well, maybe the Chargers will say, hey, well, we're not going to pay for you with your resume, having not been a head coach, but we'll bring Harbaugh in, right? We'll, we'll pay, the, we'll pay the, pri- the freight tag for that one. Uh, you could be down to Seattle and Washington being the two to still going into, going into this last weekend, being like, you know what? But if we can still get him, he's worth the price tag. He's worth the, he's worth the cost. But then because the offense collapses in the second half and the coaching decisions collapse in the second half, at that point, they then make the, you know what, Ben? We're going to have to bring that number down a little bit. And Ben's like, well, my number's my number. So I told you what it was going to cost to get me. You're not willing to pay that price. Then I'm going back to Detroit. So it could have been uh, 
tied to the performance. Uh, that could, I mean, the way you if laid the that price out. Tag, if, if, the, if they were willing to pay the price going into when you know the first half, they're probably like getting all the getting all the numbers financed and everything. Mm-hmm. Yep, we're ready to go ahead and make this purchase and get Ben Johnson. And then the second half, they're like it's like getting a used car, and you're halfway through the test drive, and something you know the check engine light comes on. And you're like, um, afterthought, yeah. no. Um, the way you laid out there, I can buy that more the way you kind of put it out there yesterday. But I could see maybe that. I, I'm going to lean more the fact that I think it's just unfair. It's a tight-knit group. They're on the verge of doing something. This is not a normal, like, other team just in the league trying to came close to the Super Bowl. This is Detroit Lions, man. 30 years. I'm telling you, they, they're on the list of a team that's never played in the Super Bowl. There's only three or four in this league. So I think this, I'm going to lay my hat to this is more of just unfinished business. This is the tie. This is the emotional tie to, look, Dan Campbell getting ripped by people like myself, rightfully so, for that decision. Ben, and to be honest with you, Ben Johnson probably made that decision. It was his call because I think when what I've seen afar, Dan Campbell lets his coordinators coach. He didn't intercept the call at that time, and I think Ben Johnson feels like I can't leave like that. You know, I can't leave like that. Nothing is promised to tomorrow, but if he stays in good health, he stays in the league no matter what Detroit does last year, next year, even if they don't get back to this game, Ben Johnson will get his opportunity to coach uh, in the National Football League, in my opinion. Okay? Not guaranteed, but there's a good look at it. I just think, I mean, they're – they're just guys, and not everybody has that opportunity, man. I mean, you know, it's it's not. Um, you you got to really just take. Some guys got to take what's kind of given to them. If you're talking about thirty two open or thirty two jobs, and you want to be a head coach in NFL, some people can be a little bit more selective, especially if you're talking about my first one. What do you got? Well, as we're coming down here, there, we did have one other major. Uh, coaching staff edition today. Arthur Smith of the Atlanta Falcons has oh. been hired by the Pittsburgh Steelers oh my as goodness. their next OC. Man, that's there's the, not enough time left. No, for it's that not. One. We'll parlay that one over tomorrow, <laughs> man. Come on, man. Come on. I'll, yeah, I'll definitely remember to try to give a take on that one tomorrow. All right, man, that is a wrap for today. Special thanks to the producer of the show, Jonas Clark, San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, Lubbock, people up in the Maha City in Denver, people up in the Shaw City, and people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down Laredo. When that alarm goes off tomorrow morning for you, the stews button for you out the rack, just ask yourself. You grind in peace. See you tomorrow. When life sounds too much like this, it's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. 
double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobel's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging, it's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. Maestro Dobel is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please drink responsibly. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits and world-class wine to chips, dips and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 